Hi, I'm Matthew Blegmore, and I'm the co-founder of Looks Good On Me, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I am your host. It's Paul Kemp. And we've had on this show, it's episode 205, but we have had many episodes with some of the most inspiring female entrepreneurs uh, that we can find. And uh, if you want to go and check some of those previous episodes out, you know, definitely recommend uh, Kate Matsudeira, who is uh, awesome. And I've always wanted to, uh, you know, attract uh, really People, uh, entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs, especially who are going through some amazing things. And, and today in this episode, I'm telling you, I've got a treat for you right now because I have Gillian Darlington. Uh, she is um, I'm on, on the Skype with her. She's in San Diego and uh, she is the CEO and co-founder of Momco app. Uh, and we know uh, when you're successful with moms, then uh, you're going to have a big hit. And she's literally just before we were uh, on this interview, she was having um, uh, her phone ring off the hook with investors. So what a, a, an amazing position to be in. Gillian, it's a really warm welcome to you on the App Guy podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Well, we're thrilled that you can share your journey and excitement. I know many listeners uh, would just be uh, in, you know, envious of your position that you're in, getting calls from investors. Many of us are, you know, that's that's just the, the holy grail. Uh, perhaps you could just give us a, a minute to tell uh, us about you, who you are as an entrepreneur, and also uh, what you've done there with Momco app. Sure. Yeah. A little bit of my background is um, this whole process got started about five years ago. I was a stay-at-home mom and my marriage fell apart. And so I had to get a job, but I didn't have any family in town and I love being a mom more than anything else. So I basically refused to give that up. So what I did is I bought an indoor playground and party center and I owned that. And I ran that for three and a half years, and I ended up being able to sell it for over twice what I bought it for. And I used that profit to um, start building the Mom Co-op. So the Mom Co-op basically was my idea, and it came out of my own experiences as a young mom looking to connect with other moms in my community, and then also from my experiences as a small business owner. So there's two sides to the Mom Co-op. There's the mom side. There's also the service side. So basically the mom side is just to make mom's lives easier. They can find moms that are close to them that have similar age children. They can plan play dates. They can keep current with local events and they can also save money through the deal section. And then through the forum section, they can just share and post, ask questions, make requests if they need help. And then um, the service side is for small businesses and service providers that cater to women and children to be able to list themselves so their target demographic can easily find them, locate, locate and connect with them. And then we've also put in in-app purchases for the business uh, so they can um, have, they can purchase events and they can post them so they can engage with all the local moms in their community. They can also run deals. Uh, so basically just gain exposure to their target demographic. So yeah, so that's, that's the mom co-op in a nutshell. And, uh, for the, we, we did a soft launch here in San Diego to really test out the app and get some user feedback. And I was basically able to fund the entire thing myself up to, that point, and then it became 
very apparent that I was going to run out of money very soon. So I started started down that path of going like, oh my God, I have to figure out how to uh, get investors. And I had never had to I've never had to do that before. So it was a completely foreign environment. And I wish somebody had told me, and I tell any young you know, entrepreneur this, figure out what accelerator programs are. Because if you have a great idea, start put yourself in an accelerator program because I, was, I felt like I was a step behind where I should have been at that point with the Mom Co-op because I hadn't gone through an accelerator just because I didn't know what they were. Because I was doing this pretty much on my own. So I didn't have a lot of input from other people. So I went to an amazing conference, uh, a Women Investing in Women conference. And I made the most key connections in that world that have now propelled me to the point, literally, probably, this was in July. So now, and um, so what, two, three short months later, now I literally have meetings with five of the biggest guys and women in town this week. And it's just all basically from, from putting myself out there and having a great product and attracting the right people. So that's been my journey. Jillian, what uh, is so lovely to catch you at this moment where you're almost, you know, taking off and all this hard work and you funded this and took all the risk. And uh, we'd love to go through this journey with you because literally I've got a, uh, an app for parents and it's, uh, it's been good. And it's certainly it's a very uh, interesting market. What was it like then? You had the idea, you, you took the risk, you had a bit of money from the sale of your uh, bricks and water business. What was that? What was it like then to uh, get the app off the ground? You must have had to uh, outsource it. Talk us through that journey, that part of it. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a that was interesting. I did I sat down at my computer for a solid week and just started doing research. I just read every Forbes article on apps I could get my hands on. Um, I watched uh, web interviews with developers. So I knew what they wanted to see when they talked to an entrepreneur with an idea. Um, so I did that for about a week. So I really started to understand the terms, how to talk to developers what they would want. And I, then I created the materials. Like I s- sketched out every single screen myself of what I wanted it to look like. Um, yeah. And then at that point, I just started taking meetings. I was meeting with freelancers. I met with a lot of the app develop app development um, companies and firms in town. And really, I decided on my developer because he is local. He's in the United States. And for me, I just wanted somebody that I needed to have a real open line of communication that I could actually speak to because it, this is definitely my baby and my vision. And I really, every single stitch of it, it comes from me. So I needed somebody I could communicate with that also saw my vision. So my developer did, he, he got it immediately. He knew exactly what I was talking about. And when you're dealing with tech guys and development guys, most of them don't have kids. Most of them, you know, are in the tech world. They're kind of like, I don't really get this. Like, what? Like moms connecting with moms? I don't understand. But my developer immediately got it. He got me the UI designs within like 45 minutes without me even asking for them. So that was why. So we kind of went through a longer process um, from that point to July. And so then um, 
I'm going to be on a major show here in America this Sunday, which will have aired by the time that this airs. But um, I, so we kind of got... <laughs> no, we no, like, you're oh. probably not allowed to say, but we did have a guest who was on Good Morning America. But uh, No, I'm... Yeah, I'm on a show that's on the Bravo Network, like The Real Housewives, Millionaire Matchmaker, the the, the station that does all of those shows. Oh, this here. is great! You're, you're you're adding a celebrity status to the show. We've had uh, the Secret Millionaire. We've had uh, you know people on Shark Tank, several uh, entrepreneurs. In fact, uh, actually, one of the uh, previous guests who was a female entrepreneur, she had a terrible experience with uh, a an app developer, and uh, it's just another good lesson that you actually. I love this story, part of the story where you uh, wanted to be physically located fairly close to your developer. What was it like when you first got that quote? That that initial. This is going to cost you X because it must have been fairly high and uh, quite a, a big risk for you to take on. What was it at that stage just a hunch? No, actually, what. What was interesting and the kind of dilemma that I had is because I had I I w- went to these larger firms too, so I got those quotes and those quotes yeah make you sick to your stomach. You're like you want how much money to do what and you know and so, and then when you're working with more freelancers like the quotes that they give you are are usually a little bit easier to digest than the other ones. And because I was a small business owner, I know how much of that money is actually going into my app and how how much money is actually going into their overhead. So I was more prone to go with uh, a freelance developer just because I know I knew all of the money would be going into his time and into the app. And so I was much more willing to pay what he was asking because it was a third of what the other guys were asking. And so I was cool with that. And it was money I had to spend at that point. So I was like, okay, we're good. Let's do this. And, and he stayed to his quote. Like it it, it took longer, like time-wise than he quoted me, but it didn't cost me a dime. And he didn't actually charge me anything over what he quoted me because he, and cause he's my guy and you know, so now he has a stake in the company and and he's earned that because he's he's definitely been through the the process with me. And then lately, just when it became very apparent, we wanted to um, we redesigned the app, the look of the app, and we improved the user experience and we added a few features. So we weren't really planning to launch launch until late January. But when we found out when the show was going to air, we kind of had to put down the gas pedal and uh, accelerate a little bit faster than we were wanting to. So then I found some uh, great freelancers that were actually, um, that weren't local. They're, my guys are actually in Malaysia and they work so uh, hard and so fast and they're so great. But at this point I felt comfortable doing that because really like my vision had already existed. So it was a lot more technical stuff that I felt okay with kind of being able to do a lot of that stuff like via Skype. Yeah, and I almost think that uh, I love the fact that you had the freelancer take a stake in the uh, app because uh, I have a trusted partner relationship and they take stakes in the app and it almost aligns the interests of the developer with the interests of the uh, app entrepreneur. Is that right? Yeah, when I call him screaming and like a maniac, like, what is this going to, what's going on? You know, it's like you can have those conversations with him because he's got a stake in the company too. So it's like, you're not just, you know, it's not, it's more than like an employee sort of contract job. It's, it's, you can motivate them in other ways sometimes as if they have an actual stake themselves in the company. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. And what was a soft launch like? What, uh, what do you actually mean by a soft launch? I'm guessing that uh, 
you'd probably restricted that to maybe a smaller market in the world? Yeah. So we just focused, I just focused on San Diego and I put out the most basic version of the app. That was basically just my initial concept. You know, I wanted to get something out there as quickly as possible because you don't really know what you're missing until you kind of put it out there for the masses to test. So that's what we did. I mean, we had a round of, of just, you know, beta testing with a, a handful of us, but then we kind of put it out into the world and got their feedback. And so, and I, I did a few things marketing wise to see like, oh, well, you know, what kind of results do I get from this? So I had three launch parties at the indoor play, like local indoor playgrounds. And that worked really well, especially the one that I used to own. That one was huge. We had a turnout of like 300 people and, you know, it created a lot of buzz and a lot of images for like social media and all of that stuff. So, um, that's the soft launch. And basically it was just like a precursor to our national launch opposed to putting an app out there, like to the entire country. It's, it was nice to kind of test, to just test it in San Diego and see what we needed to improve and what marketing tactics work before we start recreating that in the rest of the country. Jillian, and Jillian, you are a genius. So literally in 204 episodes prior to you with lots of startup founders, lots of app entrepreneurs, you are the first entrepreneur to talk about launch parties. What a great idea. It's the first <laughs> I heard about it. And of course, it, it, it's almost like you're going to, you know, your perfect audience and uh, letting them play with the app and getting feedback directly from them and watching them use it. Uh, what a terrific idea. Talk us through a little bit more about that launch party. That's the first time I've heard of such a thing. Well, yeah. And well, kind of going off of that too, is this what kind of makes MomCo different than just an average app or a normal app is that we're a brand and we take the entire, we're looking into every aspect of this as like a company opposed to just the product itself. And so since we are moms, myself and my co-founder, and then some of the other moms that we have working on our team, it makes it very easy for us to engage our audience and our target demographic. And we've befriended most of the most valuable people in the country that don't just want to, to promote the app for us, but like us and care about us. So if you go in and you are your own target demographic, you can form these relationships that are going to carry your app, not just because it's a great product, but but people really care about you. They care about your mission. They want to support you. They're just, they're curious about it. They're, so they'll download it. They'll share it with their, their friends. And then with the launch parties specifically, it's just a really fun environment and you're giving back to the community. You're providing a service for these moms, their kids. So it kind of creates those warm, fuzzy feelings so that they associate that with the app itself. They want to tell their mom, their other friends about it. So what we're doing is we actually are establishing brand ambassadors in every major city in America over the next year to do exact to do exactly what I did here in San Diego. So yeah, well, so this that's is what. great. I mean, I, you know, I do run another podcast called the Entrepreneur Dad Podcast, and it's my experience of working from home uh, and uh, being around my two kids. And uh, I'm, get, I'm getting the sense, though, that uh, launching a, a dad-focused uh, app is probably not going to have the same Im- impact because the, the mum mafia is just the a, a most amazing, you know, source of uh, word of mouth uh, growing a business that, that I've ever seen. 
Yeah. Yeah. We, we tend to stick together. And even with the female entrepreneurs, I was actually in a meeting yesterday and, and the investor who I love, he's one of my favorite guys I've met so far. And he, he was like, well, you know, you have a unique advantage being a female, a female entrepreneur. And I was like, what really you think so? And he was like, yeah, because you have an entire like people that are dedicated to just supporting you right now. And so, and that's true. Like being a woman and being a minority in this field, it, it has its disadvantages, but the advantages are that people have a real stake in you and want to support you. And that there's people that are specifically looking for people like you to support. So that definitely is an advantage. And with the mom thing, yeah, we all have each other's backs. So, <laughs> so you know, there's one thing that we tend to do on this show. And I'm almost like very tempted to try and flesh out how uh, Momco app could expand. Uh, we, we like to try and uh, search for new app ideas from the guests and what from what i understand momco is is G, gps look is location based so that uh, you you end up uh, being able to connect with people locally um guessing that that you arrange physical meetings as well through the app is that right well, there's a couple different features. The main feature is the find moms feature. So you do, you locate all the moms that are close to you. So the moms that show up first are the moms that are closest to you. And then it tells you like the age and sex of their kids. And then you can, you know, see their interest in activities. So you can kind of narrow it down to women that you actually want to connect with. And then, um, yeah, and then they can, you can arrange play dates. And then you can also stay connected with local events and um, connect with any service or business that's in your community that caters to women and children. And that's a big thing because everybody uses me as their personal Rolodex for, hey, I need a a princess, a party princess, who do you know? Or, hey, because I was in that industry. So I kind of was like, okay, so my friends don't have to call me anymore. They can just go on the app and find it themselves. So, um, so yeah, so that's how the app works is with the geolocator. And then we also, you know, we do have a section for websites and for other apps that they can list themselves just because we want the mom co-op to be the one-stop shop for moms to find anything that they need. Basically, if it's friendship or support services, um, entertainment, anything like that, we just want mom co to be a one-stop shop for them. Yeah. You know, Jillian, we actually had a very interesting chat with a guest who was on just before you, uh, called Raji Burham. And, uh, he's built this uh, process of getting government data, uh, two apps based on location and uh, I'm almost thinking that you know with your app as well uh, how many um, interesting ideas must come out of the ability to uh, take you know location but also uh, intertwine that with the uh, information that you're getting from the government so for example you know you could almost have like these uh, uh, push notifications that go to mums uh, when there's a health inspection uh, at uh, any uh, child-friendly restaurant and if the health inspection you know doesn't go particularly well that you get like an alert and uh and because that's all publicly available data but obviously it's like really hard to get hold of but that's just a clever way of using it do you have you got any other ideas of how we could use you know almost government data to do something like that i'm not sure but well I mean, this is one thing that we'll, we'll do anytime that there's a recall that we will send out a push notification through the app to alert all the moms of any sort of product recall. So that's a big thing. 
Yeah, um, um, almost like uh, could you uh, locate playgrounds, for example, or f- uh, child-friendly uh, locations to indoor play areas, that kind of thing? Well, I mean, that's what the entire service side of the app is for. So then the service side of the app is just all the local places in their community that's that service, you know, moms and kids. So that's what they that's what the service is. So they can already do that with the app. But when you're talking about sending out like push notifications to all the moms on the app, that is more that would be have to be more general information. And we could do that, you know, if there's there is some sort of major warning or or issue. But like I said, the the major thing that we're already going to do is, you know, send out push notifications if there's any sort of product recalls because that's really that's huge, especially when you have a baby that moms get very obsessive about product recalls. So uh, as you get older, you, you don't really care that much. You, you're not that in, invested in it because you're, you're kind of in survival mode. But like when your kid is a baby or very small, you're all about the product recalls. So that's one of the services that we do offer through push notifications. Well, and also, I tell you, there's one thing that I feel like we need to explore, and this is going to be massively helpful to the listeners, the apps, the tribe listening to this right now. This is this is a very unique way of monetizing the app in a way because I know you have in-app purchases, but you're bringing together an audience of moms uh, who uh, potentially will go and use services, and then you're having the service providers on the other side who I'm guessing will uh, ultimately want to pay to get access to your users. And you can then be the platform in the middle and brings that brings those two together and almost monetize it. Is that the the idea? Well, that's yeah, that's the point with the the net purchases are so they can engage with the audience if it's through um, announcing an event that they're having or mainly being able to run a deal is the main is the main thing. So for twenty four ninety nine, they can um, they can announce an event or run a deal, and which is great for them to be able to offer that. But mainly, what they're doing is paying to engage and gain exposure to all the moms in their community for their businesses. So you're almost doing what Facebook are doing, but for specifically mums in a way, because, you know, you have to pay on Facebook to get an engaged uh, engagement with your audience now. Uh, effectively, you get that um, uh, boost your post uh, option where you have to pay to, to actually um, get the, the status update amongst all the followers and likers that you have on the page. And, you know, I, I'm guessing that the future there is you could almost take the Facebook kind of model in a way. Well, we've already, I mean, that's pretty much what we're doing already. Yeah. Like, you know, cause that's what Facebook does. And we, we hope to make it, I know how much it costs to do that on Facebook. Cause I was a small business owner. So we are trying to make it a little bit more cost effective because I mean, it's free to download. It's free for these businesses to list themselves, which, you know, there's other platforms and other apps where they charge businesses to be able to list themselves or, and, you know, like Angie's list, there's a cost to go with that where it's absolutely free to list yourself on our app. But if you do want to gain exposure and, you know, get, get engagement with the moms, we don't want it to become a nuisance to the moms on our app. So that's why we do have it as an in-app purchase. So, you know, the businesses actually have to pay for that engagement opposed to just because we don't want the moms not wanting to be on the app because they're getting bugged by advertisements or businesses all the time. No, this Jillian, this is absolutely a really genius idea. And um, seriously, (laughs) no wonder you're getting all these calls from investors because it's it's so hard sometimes, you know, as uh, app developers, I have many uh, chats with uh, people who, you know, just struggling to get a user to pay uh, 69, 99 cents uh, for an app. Uh, And yet, 
you know, of course, if you're a business, you have a little bit more uh, to spend. And the, ultimately, it's the marketing budget and getting in front of uh, your uh, ideal audience. And uh, and so for anyone listening, you know, it seems a very obvious thing to do. Who is your uh, users? Who are they? And uh, what sort of services would they like? And try and bring the, the businesses to them and uh, then perhaps do some in-app purchases to charge those services to be in front of your audience. What a great idea. Yes. Uh, well, thank you, Paul. <laughs> it is. If I honestly, if I was an investor, I'd be throwing money at you as well. But I know there's a big oh. long line behind us. Uh, uh, so uh, if you are a listener, if you are an investor and listening to this, I'm afraid you're probably going to miss the boat. But uh, <laughs> uh, well, we're a couple weeks away. You can still like, you know, email yeah. me. In case, just in case we're not close this round. So. You'll be getting money from Mark Cuban or from Shark Tanks or so, someone. I love that. Honestly, everybody is always like, go on Shark Tank, go on Shark Tank. And I'm like, I don't want to go on Shark Tank because I just, I know I had a friend that was on Shark Tank and I know how long that process is. And it's not something that I want to get money nine months from now. It's like, I want it tomorrow. But the only thing I've ever contemplated going on is because I would love to talk to Mark Cuban because he's an app guy and I just love his energy and kind of like how he is in business and, and his personality. I have a very, um, I have my person, I have a big personality. So when I see other entrepreneurs or people who are similar, I always am like, Hey, we need to be friends. And so Mark Cuban, if you're listening, Mark, call me because <laughs> I like you. He, so. You never know. He may be listening. That's a, a possibility. So um, before we say goodbye, Jillian, there is one final thing which we have to ask you. And as a, I'm, I'm assuming you are um, uh, an app user and you have a smartphone perhaps almost near you, uh, what one or two apps could you recommend apart from Momco app uh, that we, you think we may not have come across before that are just invaluable to you in business or your personal life? Yeah, I mean, the apps that, let me grab my phone. <laughs> this is a great thing because like literally every guest, that there's no pre-preparation for this at all, but they always have it within reach, so. Yeah, and honestly, like I, yeah, like apps, um, apps are great just because they're time savers. So like instead of having to go to a browser or anything like that, I love apps for that reason. Um, actually, this sounds really silly and I'm giving away a huge secret right now. But photo, but let me, let me get the, it's called Perfect 365 and it's like Photoshop. You can Photoshop any picture. It gives you like perfect skin and like if you can give, it gives you like prettier eyelashes, like you can Photoshop your pictures. So like if you're posting things on Facebook, you always, everybody thinks that you look perfect all the time, which is definitely not the case with me. So that, <laughs> what a great app. Know, Okay, I'm perfect 365. Huge, huge secret. Shh, don't tell any of my Facebook followers. That, right, that's okay. I use it all the time. Well, unless you start using it, you have a hard time not using it because it just makes you look so much better. So um, so I love that one. And then um, 30 Second Mom um, is a great one for moms because it's all like 30 second tips and stuff and like advice and stuff. And it's done really in quick short little videos and tips. So that's a great way. That's a great one for moms that I really like. And um, so those are two of my favorites that I use opposed to the opposed to the other ones. If I am a single mom, so I definitely Tinder was a huge uh, inspiration for the mom co-op because I 
I downloaded Tinder way back in the day, well, like in January of 2014. And I was like, well, why doesn't something like this just exist for moms? So Tinder was a, was a big inspiration. So oh, that's interesting so. because uh, one of my previous uh, guests uh, did uh, an app that is slightly similar to Tinder. And uh, Tinder was having a lot of bad press at the time. And uh, he's actually now getting a, a lot of investment for that app. Uh, because uh, and so it just shows you that uh, just take a really really successful app and then just dissect it to the audience that you think you want to target and and do a specific version for that audience and uh, you can almost ride the wave of um, success on that so um, great great Uh, so anyone um, who uh, wants to find out those uh, I have links to uh, this episode it's episode 205 just go to the appguy.co and search for Jillian Darlington 205 and uh, there'll be links to the the apps here and you can also download a report that has all the uh, the apps from previous guests a lot of them on there on a report called free update so um, Jillian what a wonderful journey and uh, thanks for joining us in such a busy time uh, for you Uh, how best can we reach out and connect with you all my information is available on our website, momcoapp.com. So yeah, just you can get all of my info there. And uh, I love connecting with people. So don't be shy. You can reach out um, to me. I'm Jillian at momcoapp.com. So yeah. Well, wonderful. Well, we wish you all the best with your journey. Thank you so much for coming on the App Guide podcast and sharing, you know, literally the excitement. We can feel it in the air with uh, what's going on there. So uh, what an inspiration to me and everyone else. Thanks so much for, for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure.